1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. With over 150 new and used cars to choose from, along with the full Renault commercial van range and finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk.
3: You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Coming up on this afternoon's show a little bit later on, Rhianne Thompson is with us. She's just been over to London Fashion Week. She's a plus-size model and I'm really looking forward to catching up with her. We met her a few years ago on the show. She's coming in for a catch-up. Rick Cronje is here, a virtuoso of vino, is in the house today with a brand new series. And we'll be catching up with Antoinette Brady. Do you remember Ashling, the poor uh, young teacher who uh, fell in school in uh, the Middle East and struck her head The ground took some kind of turn and has been in rehab in Dunleary and still is. But we have a great, great news update for you from Mum Antoinette a little bit later on. But first up on today's show, I want to read these lines to you. Listen carefully to this. We have now reached the point where there is absolutely no doubt that recommendations such as that in the UK and Ireland, which advises the population to base meals on carbohydrates, are totally incorrect and directly responsible for ill health on a scale that is unimaginable. Now, do you hear those words? Just dwell on those for a minute. We are being poisoned, my first guest is telling us. We're being killed early by government policy when it comes to food and what we're eating. I am delighted to welcome a very special man to the show today. Today, His name is Dr. Werner Wheelock. We spoke some time ago briefly on the phone but he said when he's in Ireland he'd come in to me. He's good to his word. He's here today and also joining us is someone you know well. Yes, the Queen of Tunnel to Table Organic Gardening. My go-to woman who I just ha- can't say enough about. Nikki Kyle is with us as well and I want to say welcome to both of you to Late Lunch today. Thank you very much for joining okay, me. Okay,
1: well, thanks to
3: Werner, it's great to have you with us. Look, that is a big, big statement to make and I'm sure people are sitting up today to hear what Dr Werner Wheelock has to say. Can we start with diabetes? Because there's an explosion of type 2 diabetes in this neck of the woods, Ireland and the UK.
1: Why? It's not just Ireland and the UK, it's worldwide. And uh, quite simply, uh, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, is carbohydrate intolerance. And it is caused by an excessive intake of sugar and carbohydrates. Now, the message about sugar is getting through, but what we also have to understand is that the uh, other carbohydrates, namely starch, which is present in rice, pasta potatoes uh, flour, uh, you know, all these things that we're told we have to eat now quite simply, starch consists of a whole a chain of glucose molecules. So, uh, when that is uh, uh, eaten, the starch is broken down by the enzymes inside the gut to produce glucose, and the glucose is absorbed, so it adds to the glucose load in the blood. Now, the problem is that the more glucose you have in your blood, the more insulin your pancreas has got to create. And what happens then is that the body has got to protect itself against this excess insulin, because the excess insulin causes inflammation all over the body to the various organs, which can in turn lead to other chronic diseases. Uh, But in order to control your glucose, because of this insulin resistance that has developed, you have to produce even more insulin to deal with the glucose. So again, as engineers understand very well, when you put pressure on a system for a long period, eventually it breaks down. So what happens is that your pancreas gets knackered. And, and when that happens, your glucose is out of
3: control. Okay, so that's that just sums it up, really. So by promoting carbohydrate as probably the bedrock of diet, which has been done for a long, long time Absolutely. now, you're actually saying that <laughs> the advice is fueling this epidemic?
1: Absolutely. There's no question about it. And let me draw an analogy. Uh Type two, well, or even type one diabetes, for that matter, is a flood of sugar in your uh, in your blood, uh, which is exactly like a flood of water in your house because somebody's left the bath tap on. Mm. Now, if I was called in, you know, if I was your plumber, and I came in and I said to you, well, "Look, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do about you, about this. I'll give you a few bu- bu- buckets and mops. Get on with it." You'd think I was mad. Yet, that is exactly what is happening with type 2 diabetes when we're told to to take drugs, to get rid of the uh, glucose in your blood. The only obvious thing to do is to turn it off. You know, you turn off the water, for heaven's sake. So you've got to turn off the sugar uh, in your blood, turn off the glucose in your blood. In order to do that, it means uh, get rid of the sugar and get rid of the other sources of sugar, which is the starch, which is in the bread, the flour, the rice, the pasta. So I
3: see what you're saying. So when, when this occurs and you go to see your GP or whatever, they, they start to treat this and yes. you're on medication and yes. you're away with all this insulin and type stuff like well, this. Well, eventually you, go, you yeah. start off with metformin yeah. and you go on and you end up with insulin. And you go, are you saying to me today that this can be reversed? Of
1: course it can. Without resort to... Look, there are thousands of people all over the world, who have done this very successfully. I've got a group in Skipton, where I live now, and we've got people coming in, and time and time again, they're, they're very annoyed by what they're getting from the medical profession because uh, they're confused and it's not making them better. On the other hand, once they understand what they have to do and they make the appropriate changes in their diet, namely they cut out the sugar and they cut out the carbs, then within days, you begin to see an improvement. And within a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months, they find that they can come off the medication. Now, I have challenged the conventional medics and dietitians. Give me one example of an individual who has followed your advice, which is to reduce fat and increase carbs, and I am still waiting. Not one example. And yet, worldwide, there are hundreds of thousands of people who have reversed their diabetes by doing what I've said, namely you cut out the sugar and you cut out the other starch, all the other carbohydrates Uh, in your diet it works time and time again
3: Are you saying a complete cut out of sugar? Must you eliminate it entirely?
1: It depends where you're starting from. If you've got already got type 2 diabetes, Mm. then what you must do is cut out as much as possible because if you're lucky, then your pancreas may still be able to produce enough insulin to deal with a small amount Mm. Um, if not then, you know, cut out as much as possible and with luck you will be able to reduce your medication. But the reality is many people have been able to eliminate their medication completely if you get it soon enough. What about carbohydrates? Again, I
3: ask you the question. Carbs are everywhere. They're all over the place. You they mentioned are. pasta there, potatoes, which we love, you know, and, and, and enjoy to eat as well. D- does it mean elimination
1: or reduction, moderation? If you've got type 2 diabetes and you want to reverse it, then I would say you've probably got to cut out uh, virtually all of it. Okay. Now, two, if you're teetering on the brink or you're worried that you
3: could be approaching it, what's the the advice? The only
1: way to do that, then, is you've got to monitor your blood glucose, Mm. uh, which can be a bit of a pain, but people find that it's very well worthwhile doing. Uh, Failing that, then, what you need to do is get your GP to monitor your glycated haemoglobin. In other words, the amount of sugar that is attached to your haemoglobin. Because the trouble is, one reading is useless. Your blood sugar goes up and down, depending on where you are in the day. Uh, But the uh, the technical term, HbA1c, that is the sugar which is attached to the haemoglobin, uh, that will give you an average value for the last two or three months, and if you can get that down, then you know you're on the way. Uh, you know to uh, cracking your uh, type two diabetes. Let's uh,
3: let's bring Nikki into the conversation. You're, you're sitting there listening to what Vernon has to Vernon has to say, uh, Nikki, this afternoon, and and you've been talking about mm. this to me over a number of years now. Yeah. So, in a practical sense, I want to come back to you on this again about eliminating sugar and the g- good carbohydrates tell me about that
4: well eliminating sugar really is is actually pretty easy okay you've got the obvious sugar okay you've got cakes you've got bread you've got that kind of stuff which i know you love jerry but you know it's not that hard to give them up for a couple of days you might sort of be craving your your biscuits and your sugar and your your bread but after a couple of days you actually begin to start to feel better you feel lighter inside you feel you've got more energy and you begin to realize that actually you've been poisoning yourself with this stuff for years and it, it, it is extremely bad for you um I mean there are some apparently good carbs which are the very low um sort of high uh fiber carbs like what uh, um well for is well not potatoes obviously not yeah. those kind of things um but there are uh some uh which wouldn't have as as uh, big an effect uh, on your blood sugar okay. I mean th- there's a lot of research now into um uh, you know, reducing the carbs in yes. in some uh, vegetables. Yes, uh, I I have by, like by actually.
3: Let, let me let me let me read this out because this will help you along. Yeah. Here I have like because I looked this morning at carbs, right? Yeah. Per se, and and I just looked what's in our diet. So we have bread. Okay, there are some fruits. They they list bananas as being one. Uh, you know, that's high yeah. in carbohydrate. Potatoes, pastas, cereals, beer, chips, oh. honey, yeah. and. Sugar, pure sugar, per se. So when you look across those there, all of those are part and parcel of what an awful lot of people eat, aren't they?
4: Yeah, yeah, there are. But there is some uh, research um, that shows that actually resistant carbs, uh, which don't release um, their sugars... Quickly actually yeah. have a good effect on the gut ba- uh, microbiome, your gut bacteria, because they actually feed on resistant starch, which is a different thing to this immediately available carbohydrate and starch. Oh, which sugar which rush! Berner is uh, yeah, talking about you it. Which, which your body immediately uh, uses a, a, as glucose, and that is is seriously bad. But at the moment, that that research is still in its infancy, hmm. uh, really.
3: But if you cut down, if you reduce those, if you reduce your like we all, if you grow the potatoes yourself, I do too and i love the new potato well, as,
4: as verna was saying it, it depends where you're starting from okay, yeah. as to what yeah. you have to do mm. um, but i would say it's good for everybody to re- reduce their their uh, immediately available carbs immediately available glucose and sugar as much as they possibly can and they'll see the benefit i mean the the, the other side to that is, is the horrendous i mean when my son had a bad accident a few years ago he was in the orthopedic unit uh, in st luke's recovering after reconstructive surgery in in Taller. um Um, And he was in this ward where there were people, diabetic amputees, who were having, you know, half their leg. Uh, amputated because of diabetes, mm. purely because of sugar, uh, of drinking, or maybe of, of, of uh, cigarette smoking, uh, mm. it, it all sort of uh, coming you know, together and, and absolutely making his- Coming
3: back to you, Werner, just mm. on that, on carbohydrates, you know, mm. in moderation, cut them down, the ones I mentioned there, as Nicky said as well. What I'll tell well, you is... I
1: think the, fir- the first thing to say is, everybody should cut out sugar. Yep. Yep. I, mean, I, say, I say to people, yep. you wouldn't put arsenic in your tea. Why put sugar? Yes. Okay, so that's that's the comparison, arsenic and yeah, sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. So cut out sugar, number one. Yeah, there's
1: no question about that. Yeah. Okay.
3: What else then? I'm trying to get at the point because people are listening today and say, well, look, at if I pull all of that out of my diet, breads, a lot of fruits, yeah. spuds, pasta, uh, you know, cereals, what am I going to live on? What am I going to eat?
1: Well, the other side of the equation is to replace it with healthy fat. Yeah. Okay, and
3: that, that is the is the next part of the discussion yeah. I want to come on with. Yeah. So, right, you, you cut out there, but as Nikki said, the, you can actually look up and see there are carbohydrates that are actually good for you. You know what I mean? The,
1: yeah, yeah, but the thing is, if you've got type yes. 2 diabetes, you must cut out them exactly. all to, to, have, okay. to have a chance. Okay. If yes. you haven't, then the first thing you do is cut out sugar and yeah. then worry about the others after Okay, that. after that. Now, let's come
3: on to this thing about the, uh, the fats, uh, oils and fats, because... I'm sure people are tearing their hair out because, you know, what's good, what's not good. You know, we've been preached this low-fat, low-fat diet. You don't agree?
1: It's a disaster. An absolute yeah. disaster. And the basis on which it, it it has been formulated is nonsense. Why do you say that? Well, first of all... Uh, there is this argument about uh, fat being high in calories. Well, let me tell you this, that calories in, calories out. In other words, Kiko, C-I-C-O, calories in. That is nonsense. It doesn't work. Because the body deals with fats, carbohydrates and proteins in a totally different way. The body is not a bomb calorimeter like we use in physics. and And so... Uh, because of that, uh, to add up calories from the different uh, constituents in your diet is like adding up apples, pears and bananas. It doesn't work. So, you're
3: about to tear up the script. That has been, you know, the mantra from the health authorities, uh, governments... Uh, again,
1: it doesn't stand up to examination. Uh, and the reality is that the the important issue is... It's what you eat and not how much you eat. And therefore, if you have a diet which is high in healthy fats, and we can explain that in a minute, uh, then that certainly works very well. And uh, we know that people who follow this uh, can end up by controlling their diabetes and by losing weight and by reducing the risk of a whole range of different chronic diseases, including heart disease, certain cancers, And more and more, we now believe that that is a factor in Alzheimer's. I want to take a short break. Uh,
3: you're listening to what we're talking about on Late Lunch today. If you want to ask a question, we have two great people here with us today. If you want to comment on what we're saying at the moment, we'd love to hear from you. 086 1800 658. That's the WhatsApp and text number. It's free on WhatsApp. You can text us on that number as well. 086 1800 658. Or you can call in. Bridge will take a call. 1850 715 And remember, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all yours. Back in a moment. Thank you so much. Keep the questions coming to us. I will get to them because uh, Nikki and Werner are staying with us for a little while on the show. This is an important topic and a very serious one indeed when it comes to all of our health. Let's come back to the whole oils and uh, saturated fats uh, discussion, Werner, for a moment. And, you know, I I look at the the risk of heart disease, cholesterol in the blood, they tell us, you know, there's... Two types of cholesterol, HDL, which they like to say to you, you need to have high, and the LDL cholesterol, which they say is the dangerous one, to keep that low. And that the figure 5 is mentioned, most people would know it if you've been with your GP or through any cardiac incident, below 5 they want us to keep that at. What do you say to all that? Because that's the rule of thumb, isn't it, today?
1: Well, it's rubbish. Because there was a major study done in Norway starting off with something like 60,000 men and women, what they did was they monitored the cholesterol, and then when they died, they had the data that they were able to relate back to the cholesterol levels they had. And what do you find? You find that those who comply with the cholesterol guidelines have got the highest death rates. It's all here, if anybody wants to see it. Um, And then as your cholesterol goes up, the death rate goes down. So, if you want to lower your cholesterol, the chances are you're going to increase your death rate. So,
3: they know I had a heart incident just over 10, 11 years ago at this stage and since I've been on statin and aspirin each day and I take them faithfully and I go back for an annual check with my cardiologist who I admire much and trust a great deal. And I have suggested this to him, you know, in in a discussion... And he said to me, what do you want to do? Give them up? Uh, he says to me, "Jerry, no way. You have to keep taking that statin because it's doing good with you. Your cholesterol is at a very good level and I am very happy. Now, can you understand why I, and I'm only giving myself as an example to the listeners today. There are many out there who are probably in the same boat. I'd be afraid to stop taking uh, the statin.
1: W- well, uh, I know, Jerry and... Uh Had I been in the same boat ten years ago, I probably would have reacted in the same way. But the reality is, once you look at the data in detail and go back and check out the way in which these trials are done and the results that they get from them, um, I have got uh, the information now based on an analysis of all this data. And what it means is that you have to treat... Over 1,000 patients for one year to prevent one death. With statins. With statins.
3: Which is probably one of the most taken drugs and lucrative drugs for the pharmaceutical industry in the world.
1: That is very true and uh, I make no bones about it. The statins are just one great big scam.
3: That's a massive
1: statement. Well, I make no apology for it because I've looked at the original data and I've looked at the way in which the data is manipulated and there is no other conclusion. So you would abandon that completely? Absolutely. So what's the reason then for heart disease? Well, if you really want to get a good indication, uh, the, the one guy who really understands it is to look at the coronary artery calcification and uh, Ivor uh, Commons in Dublin is probably the world expert on this, and he can show you data which demonstrates, A, that the CAC, which you can uh, have estimated as a result of a scan, is the best indicator of uh, a risk of heart disease, and what's more, uh, he can also explain, or I can do it for you either, that by changing your diet and by... (coughs) Other uh, changes in lifestyle, like taking more exercise, you can reduce the CAC and therefore reduce the risk.
3: So what's the difference between that calcification uh, measurement and
1: cholesterol? Well, the calcification is actually a measure of the damage that is being done inside your your, your system. And what's the, causing the, the, that? Uh, well, it's uh, basically lifestyle factors, or it can be genetics. If it's genetic. There's yeah. not much you can do about that. But I mean, the, the main one that you can change, uh, the main ones you can change are lifestyle factors.
3: So you're not saying, you're
1: definitely saying today that uh, saturated fats? Saturated fats, well, again, um, the only reason why they have been demonised is because, uh, allegedly, they increase your cholesterol. Uh, and therefore increase the risk of heart disease. But as I've explained to you, that is absolute nonsense. So there is no justification for condemning saturated fats. In actual fact, saturated fats are important nutrients in their own right. So I'm still trying to get at the point.
3: What then are we consuming that's causing that calcification inside? You say lifestyle. I understand. It's important to exercise. We know that as well. Yeah. Um, but
1: it's obviously something to do with what we're eating, isn't it, that's it's, causing uh, that? It's sugar and it's carbohydrates and it is omega-6 fats. In other words, many of the polyunsaturates that we're told we have to eat because they will reduce our cholesterol, they are contributing to the problem as well. So rather than
3: alleviating it or helping us, polyunsaturates are a contributor, you're saying?
1: Yes. uh, uh, I mean, we've... To... Put it simplistically, we've got two main families of fats. We've got omega threes, we've got omega sixes, and we need omega. We need we need we need both, but we need them to be roughly the same because the omega threes are anti-inflammatory, the omega sixes are pro-inflammatory. And way way back before we started messing about too much with our food, it was roughly one to one. Now. Uh, in this country, in the States, the ratio of, of omega-6 to omega-3 is anything between 15 and 40. In other words, we've got far too much omega-6 in the diet and we certainly shouldn't be increasing the amount.
3: Where, where do we get omega-6 primarily it, from? Well,
1: basically, it, it's the uh, well, it, it's in a lot of processed foods, but it's also the ones that we're advised we should be eating in order to lower our cholesterol. Nikki.
4: And those omega sixes are in, uh, you know, the industrially processed seed oils, which yes. go into the making of these low-fat so-called margarines, these margarines uh, and spreads that are supposed to lower our cholesterol. What they're actually doing is they're causing inflammation in the body. They're inflammatory fats. They're omega sixes, uh, and this is exactly what mm. Verne's talking so about. Vern is and, talking. and not only that, they're industrially processed. Uh, they're grown from genetically modified seeds. In in many cases, which are sprayed with glyphosate, as you know, that brings the whole pesticide thing in. Uh, then they are actually uh, extracted, uh, they stink, so they're bleached, they're deodorized, uh, they come out looking sort of gray. Uh, and my son, actually, as you know, is an archaeologist. He excavated under Scott's Hall shopping centre where the old margarine factory was, and he was ill for days afterwards when he he was taking stuff out of the pipes that was grey sludge. Mm. Uh, and that then is, as I say, it's bleached, deodorised and coloured to turn it into something to spread on your toast. Now, is that healthy or is butter or or, or natural... Uh, fats natural saturated fats which is healthier where do you get those the natural saturated in, fats in natural in in uh, meat in uh, butter cool, in dairy coconut oil for example in, Yeah. Uh, or, or, or oil. coconut oil your yeah, olive
1: oil
3: yeah. all those things natural are good. Yeah, fats and are they what you what you refer to as the omega 3s um
1: well, no. Uh, Omega 3s would be mainly the fish
3: oils. Okay, so yeah. they're the good ones. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah,
1: the yeah, ones. Because yeah, we've got the saturated and we've got the unsaturated. Yes, yeah.
3: yes, yes. So, yeah. so fish oils. Yeah.
1: We're going to continue
3: this conversation after uh, two o'clock. We're getting lots of questions and comments in, and I'm going to put them to Nikki and Werner after uh, two. Thank you so much. Keep them coming to us. It's so interesting. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text for your questions, or eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight if you'd like to call in. Dr. Werner Wheeler and Nikki Kyler with us on Late Lunch. And I will remind you that Werner's book, uh, it's brilliant, and it it really is thought-provoking. It's called Healthy Eating, The Big Mistake. Now, I have lots of questions. I won't get to them all, but I'll get to as many as I can from listeners. Keep them coming to us and we'll try and ask them to the man and uh, the woman we have with us on the show today. Uh, Kira wants to uh, know um, what is the best thing you can eat to lose weight? She recently started walking, but to lose weight, besides exercise, with what you eat, what's the best?
1: Oh, I would say cut out the carbs for Absolutely. a start. End of story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and replace them with healthy fats. Now, another leads
3: into another question. You've been speaking there, Jerry, about cutting out the carbohydrates. What's the alternative to carbs? What should I be eating? John wants to know.
4: Just fill up on protein and you know healthy vegetables instead. So yeah. protein. Well,
1: we 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 mustn't forget the fats. Because, yeah, and you know, fats. You know, we, yes, we, well, we need meat. the yeah. fats. Uh, And it's been a disaster uh, taking the healthy fats out of the diet. You know, for example, low-fat yogurt. They, for heaven's sake, they take out the good healthy fat and they put in crap like uh, sugar. Yeah, it's a disaster.
3: Yeah. So the yogurts are sweetened and the fat is gone. So full-fat yogurts, butter, all that. Because fat is where
4: the nutrients are. It's the fat that carries the nutrients in dairy products.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, there's a YouTube uh, video called "Butter Makes Your Pants Fall Off." (laughs)
3: Well, well uh, there, no, you, that one. there you go, Kira. <laughs> we don't want your pants falling off walking down the road, Kira. But check that out. Check that video out. If sugar is that bad, are sweeteners any better? You know artificial sweeteners. Angela wants to know.
4: They're not, actually, because they affect your microbiome, which can, as Werner uh, uh, was saying, they can affect your appetite control. What you really need to do is cut down. Now, if you don't have a serious problem with carbs, just cut down gradually. But you can cut down completely on sugar that. Like we don't need free sugar in our diet. And you may feel a little bit low for a couple of days and feel that you want sugar in your cup of tea, but actually you'll soon start to feel an awful lot better and you won't crave that anymore. And it really only takes three or four days or even a week just to gradually change your taste, not to want that sugar. And then yeah, you'll although, find you're craving uh, uh, healthy we'll just
1: come in here. There yeah. are some people who are addicted to sugar yeah. and in effect sugar yeah. is a drug. But there are a, a number of people across the world who will help you to get rid of that. Uh, You've you just got to face up the fact that for them, sugar is a drug and they must treat it in the same way as yes. they would a the drug. Yeah. Okay,
3: so it's an addiction as well. Yeah. It can be. You were saying to me, though, when we were on the break there, that if you make these
1: changes, Werner, that within days you'll yeah. notice a difference. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. There's no, no, no question about it. You, you, will, you will see it on the scales and you will, uh, it, it will reflect in the way in, 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 in which you feel. And, and that is, you know, everybody I know who has done it properly uh, will reinforce this. So the thing is, uh, you will know very quickly whether or not it's going to work for you. But in my, be- in, in, in my book, I would be very, very surprised if it didn't work.
3: Should I go to the extreme of monitoring, or is it an extreme, my blood sugar levels? Would that be a good thing to do for anybody?
1: Uh, yes, certainly. Uh, I mean, back in uh, Yorkshire, where I live, we've been running courses on this, and we find that uh, some of the people have gone to the extent of uh, buying a, a kit so that they can measure their blood sugar, and that gives them considerable insight into the way in which their body responds to different foods because again there are, there are differences between individuals uh, and it, it, it gives you the insight that you need in order to make effective changes to your diet and it gives you the confidence that it's working
3: yeah I, th- I think you have it there in front of you it, it, it's there plain to see and the changes when you enact them it, you'll see your blood sugar coming to yeah, the, good the, the levels one, the
1: one thing I should say about that is that if you're going to do this then you need to do it properly and you, you, you would to begin with you'd probably need to be uh, monitoring it every, uh, 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 every hour and then after that okay. uh, once you begin to understand you, uh, you can cut it down but it's no good just taking it once or twice every day Yes, uh, that's not enough because okay. of the way it varies
3: alright uh, porridge oats you know in Ireland and they're advertised all over the place have you a porridge oats these cool mornings and you'll set you up fine for the day what do you say to porridge oats good, bad, and different. indifferent
1: Uh, Well, it certainly adds to the sugar load. Uh, Unfortunately,
3: it it is adding to the sugar. Avocados. Somebody else is on here about avocados. they have a lot of
4: good nutrients in them too. So they're good for you.
3: Good, they're very good. She was just worried to say, they say they're too high in fat. No, not at all. Avocados are good for you. Pat wants to know, you talk about oils.
1: Cod liver oil tablets. Uh, Yes, that's good. And uh, uh, again, one of the other problems that we have is that we, we don't have enough vitamin D and the official regulations are, or the official advice is far too low. You need about 10 times mm. what, what the official recommended intake is.
3: The soya alternative, where do you stand on that?
1: Well, you know where I
4: stand, Jerry. Um, because it's all genetically modified soya now in all of the um, processed products. But I mean if you don't eat processed foods in the first place then you won't be eating uh, that soya because it's a very cheap ingredient to add to processed foods Mm. Uh, and it's all genetically modified now. It it, it isn't separated where it comes from in the US or or in South America Uh, and it's extremely bad for you. It's not what we evolved to eat at the end of the day. Eric
3: says surely it would be a lot cheaper for the bakeries and food processors if they just reduce sugar content immediately by half in all foods and start this process. Um,
1: is it as simple as that uh, well unfortunately it isn 't because of course the other constituents in the, in, the, in the flour for example, that they use will also break down to glucose so uh, it 's not good news for bakers i 'm afraid mm. so there is no way and, and, and I
3: suppose when you, when you look at this whole thing. Why then, Werner, I want to ask you this, if you're so convinced, and you were saying to me, is Sweden the one country in this part of the world... They're beginning
1: to get the message. On this. Yes. And the other thing, by the way, I would say that could be highly significant is that every year the Americans revise their dietary guidelines and there is one coming up for uh, 2020. And there is a good chance that... They Because they're under a lot of pressure from the people who think the way that I do. Uh, now, it'll be very interesting to see if the Americans do change what the implication will be for the rest of the world. So you think they may adapt? There's a good chance they will.
3: What you're talking about here and what you've written about yeah, and yeah. what you really, really believe in. Um, there's a lot of vested interest involved here as well. and. <laughs> that can be difficult. There's
1: no question uh, I mean a lot of us have been beating our head against the brick wall trying to understand what's actually going on and the best way I can sum it up is that it's it's bad science it's arrogance and it's corruption and that is a toxic combination and that's why we're in such a mess and yet you and I those listening today
3: mankind are the ones that are bearing the brunt of this bad science?
1: Well, the figures are there for all to see. And, uh, I mean, I've decided now that the best thing I can do is just work with the grassroots. Uh, I'm fed up trying to get at politicians because most of them don't want to know.
4: Mm. They're too influenced by the processed food industry. It's a a huge... I mean, it's all involved with agriculture uh, and and it all goes sort of cap in hand.
3: Just in summary, then. Carbohydrates, gone. Bad news. Bad news. Good oils and fats... Positive? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Cholesterol? Don't worry about it.
3: (laughs) And what else would you add before we finish, in in summary to what you would like people to do, or or think about, or consider?
1: I would just like people to be open minded, uh, and to look at this objectively. I mean, what what I find in talking to people is some of them are interested, and others don't want to know. Um, So I... And uh, What I would say is, is that um, try to be open-minded, try it for yourself, and I'd be very surprised if if it doesn't work.
3: It is so interesting, and uh, there are lots of alternatives and foods that you can have that will help you along the way here. Look, I have to uh, wind up the discussion today. Just one thing for Nicky before you go. Uh, a listener's been on to say, Nicky. The kefir grains, where would somebody get kefir grains?
4: You can actually buy them online, but go for fresh kefir grains. There are people who send them out in little uh, pouches through the mail in a couple of days. Follow the instructions on my website. Kefir is really good for you loads of vitamin d loads of nutrients in there lowers inflammation extremely good for you
3: and uh, you can buy it online and i think there's people in mayo isn't there will put- there are i, th- I yeah. think there's
4: a lot of people selling okay. kefir grains now but make sure they're organic if possible and use organic milk to actually make them K
3: e i f e r grains yeah. fresh if you google that you'll get all the details yeah Werner, it's been a real pleasure okay. meeting you today, face-to-face. Yeah, to yeah, face. yeah, yeah, We've yeah, spoken yeah. before. Okay. I wish you well and congratulations on challenging the norm here. The book is called Healthy Eating, The Big Mistake by Werner Wheelock, Dr. Werner Wheelock. And it's I'm, my, I'm, my I'm
1: my co-author, by the
3: way. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Oh, yes, you better give her a mention. Yes. She's, what's
1: her name? Yeah, Marika Saboris. Oh, yes, she's a South African journalist.
3: She mm. has indeed and played a big part in yes. it as well. But for the mo- moment, Werner and Nikki Kyle, thank you very much for joining me on the show.
2: That's a pleasure. Okay. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 Petro Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk.
3: Louise just mentioned to me, and I, I see it on the text and the WhatsApp, and what's happening here, uh, following on from the conversation with uh, Werner and Nikki. There, lots of people looking for actual practical advice on breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know w- what's good to uh, eat at each of those times of day and meals. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Nikki just said to me, uh, for our next tunnel to table, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about uh, a good basic diet for you: uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner time as well and we will be coming back to that i promise you now we're coming back to a story that we've been following since late 2017 because i will remind you back then young ashling brady a teacher from trim was working in the middle east in dubai and tragedy struck and uh the upshot is, she's required intense medical assistance and care ever since. She's in the National Rehabilitation Centre in Dunleary, and she was there the last time we talked to her mum. And Antoinette Brady, mum, is back on the line this afternoon with really good news. Antoinette, good afternoon to you. Good
5: afternoon, Jerry.
3: Thank you very much for taking my call today. Uh, there is. Uh, uh, brightness on the horizon for your family this very day, isn't there Antoinette?
5: Yes, yes, thankfully finally we got news yesterday to say that her um, her the, the, the care package that she's going to need to support her in Care Choice, in Trim um, has been approved, so we can finally now plan to get her back to Trim and um, as I say, keep going with her, with her improvements and her therapies and all that we can do for her, but the, the hold-up really has been just the the package that we were waiting mm. for because she needs such constant support and care and supervision um, you know, that she couldn't move on until that was approved. So okay. thankfully we got that news yesterday.
3: That is great news and it's just appropriate that we are talking this afternoon. It's been a long road since the end of uh, 2017 for everybody and I'm sure for her and for you as her family and the people looking after her, this will be a, a, a great step forward to have her home.
5: It will be. I mean, th- this is this is what, what we were aiming for and um, sadly it's not coming home to us you know to her home which of course we would love mm. with the care needs that she needs we have to we have to go with what's recommended for her but uh, yes it's been an extremely long road um it i suppose in the way we just have been living in a twilight zone since all this has happened so even though it has been a long time since this started it just it just feels like like last week that this all happened so um but we we've, we've come a long way and Ashing has come a long way too um and we continue to work with her to to improve her as time goes on
3: progress uh, we we know has been uh, slow through the weeks and months but how is she how how do you describe her today
5: yeah when when people ask me how is she i suppose the first thing i say is that it's very hard to you know, to say because I suppose when we're with her day in, day out, we don't see progress that other people might see. Mm. But, uh, yeah, certainly progress has...
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify.
5: has taken place now at this stage it it is a lot slower but i suppose the most recent thing that we have found that has been of benefit to her is we bring her to um, a place called festina lente in Bray, which is um, an equestrian center and it works a lot with people with disabilities and we have been bringing her now she's had three ride. she had a number of sessions first of all just being in the presence of horses which she loves she loved from 10 years old she She loved being with horses and then she took up riding lessons and then it just went from there. So now she has just had three um, riding lessons with um, a hippotherapist. And again, we didn't think this would be possible, but we said we would try it, get her up on a horse. And she just smiled. So she was so happy, just that feeling of being on a horse. So that therapy has been working really, really well for her. She's been doing it once a week now for the past three weeks. And the difference between the videos that I took from the first session to the one, they, the the third session, actually she had her fourth session this week, where initially she had to have people around her just supporting her and holding her up and hanging on to her. And that the last session she was actually sitting up um, supporting herself just with holding on to the hand of the hippotherapist, Natalie, who works with her. So again, this is something fantastic that shows that possibly we can get her trunk, you know, maybe strengthened again. Yeah. You know, which which even in the NRH they you know they didn't think she would have any trunk trunk control or anything like that. So they're looking at this too and saying, yes, it looks like something is triggering here. So that's um that has been of, of a huge benefit to her and that's something that we hope to continue and need. Now we need to find a centre which has the correct facilities for somebody like Ashling because she needs to to be hoisted she needs to be hoisted from her wheelchair and onto a horse she needs specialized care while she's on the horse as in with a hypotherapist that understands somebody with a brain injury and she needs to be on a horse which you know has been specially chosen for somebody like Ashling with a disability um but look it, it has been a wonderful something wonderful that has happened in the last few year few weeks and it's something we certainly hope to continue with
3: that is terrific and real mm-hmm. progress and you did say something a moment ago and it is very true when you're in her company all of the time you don't see but there you are when you know you break out and you do something different it's quite noticeable you know and mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. see for yourself and those milestones are very important isn't that mm-hmm. great that she's back in the equine world where oh, uh, okay, you know yeah. she loved us as a child as well now there's something else I know you want to say today because she is coming home and hydrotherapy water is very important to her as well you need something uh, today, don't you, Antonette?
5: Yes, absolutely. I mean, one one of, one of her wishes was to be back on a horse and the other wish was that she could get back into a pool. And I know that a lot of people with injuries, disabilities, etc. get great therapy in a pool. Now, the ideal is a hydrotherapy pool, but I've done a lot of research and looking, but there is nothing available in County Mead. So, for rushing to access a hydrotherapy pool she would have to travel up to an hour in you know to to go to high and and she just wouldn't be able for that she couldn't sit in the car in a wheelchair and then do a hydrotherapy so i suppose the next thing i had to try and think outside the box and the next thing i thought of was well look she can still get into a pool but the, the water, even though for us it would be fine, for her it would be too cold and she wouldn't tolerate being in it for too long. So what I'm looking for is just information and putting it out there, just trying to get information on anybody who knows of somebody who could make um, a wetsuit for somebody like Ashling, you know, who would allow her to tolerate being in a pool. But it would also have to be the type of wetsuit that would be easy to put on Ashling because her arms and her legs are quite restricted. Yeah. You know, we can't put just the ordinary wetsuit onto her, so it would have to be something that would be modified for somebody like Ashling. And I'm sure there are plenty of other people like that with, with loved ones who could benefit from something like that. But on the internet, I just can't find anything. So I'm hoping maybe just by putting it out there that somebody will know of someone who can help us to access a person with the knowledge to be able to design something for Ashling, so that I can get her back into a pool, into just an ordinary pool with a hoist, to get her into the pool, but to continue her therapy because again, it would, it would just be fantastic for her, for her her mental well-being as well as her her therapy for her physiotherapy, I suppose, um, in in um, improving what she what she is able to do now to what she she can be able to do in the future.
3: Well. You've put it so well yourself, uh, Antoinette. So if there's anybody listening today can help with this, it would be so important to Ashling and to the family as well. A wetsuit. We're looking for information or a pointer in a direction, somebody or a supplier or somebody that could help with a wetsuit for Ashling that will enable her to use the pool and water facilities at home and trim there and not have to travel that journey, which she really can't do. So if you're listening today and you can point us in any direction, please do get in touch. And we'll connect you with Antoinette as well. So that wetsuit, especially for Ashling. But the message today is Ashling's coming home and it's fantastic. And, you know, we'll always be with you, Antoinette, all the way. We just wanted to catch up again today and keep her in everybody's mind. She's fantastic and so are all of you. And uh, let's hope that the progress continues every day.
5: Please, God. And, and thank you again, Jerry, and to all your listeners. And again, for all the support and care and prayers and good wishes that have been sent to us all this time we we honestly we couldn't have do it, done it without without everybody there with us so thank you thank you all
3: you're very welcome Antoinette. lovely to talk to you we'll talk again soon take all care all right okay thank take you take care bye. bye 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 Yes, he's back with a brand new series on Late Lunch. One of our most popular regulars is with me this afternoon. He is the virtuoso of vino. I call him other things as well, but you know him as Rick Cronje. Eh? Rick? Good to see you again. Thanks, Jerry. We won't repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> Mum's the word between Mom's you and that's me. <laughs> a, that's right, Jerry. <laughs> anyway, Rick is with us, and what he's going to do now each month, he's going to come with his uh, two bottles of the month. One will be a white, one a red, and he's going to talk in depth about the wines, where they come from make recommendations for food pairings, etc. So let's get straight to it because it's white first for February Whitrick. And you know, when you sent me the notes on this, I smiled broadly. He tell them what you've brought for the white today. Yeah, it's called Three Woolly Sheep, it's a Sauvignon Blanc,
6: and it's from the uh, Marlborough region in New Zealand, which is, of course, on the southern island. Lovely name, Three Woolly Sheep. <laughs> it's
3: brilliant. And I did mention this to you, you some did. time ago, you did didn't indeed.
6: I? You did indeed, and I came across it, yes. Well,
3: I was told that actually you couldn't probably ever buy this directly retail through sure. a, a shop sure. or whatever, but this man, he went away and he's got it and he has his name. I'm going to tell you where you can get it. Okay, so let's talk about Marlborough. It's synonymous yes. with Sauvignon, isn't it? Oh,
6: absolutely, Jerry. It's just turned Sauvignon Blanc on its head completely from the traditional um, sort of areas that we are familiar with. It is very fruity, very zesty. um, And a big part of it, of course, is the region, Marlborough itself, the soils, the climate there. It is just absolutely just fitting. To the grape,
3: it's mountainous, isn't it? There, there's plenty of moisture from rivers Rivers, and lakes. Yeah, there's
6: twelve rivers that that uh, flow into the area. There, uh, well, thirteen in total. Actually, It's, it's mountainous on the south and the west, which protects it from the heavy weather. And then you have the Wairu Valley going down to the east side. Um, so you get the cool breezes up there. And I often say to people, if you can imagine Ireland, we talk in the west coast, which gets the brutal weather. And we on the east coast get the milder weather. <laughs> so, yes. And it's in the northeast. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good Just soils over. there. All lovely, well. very deep, uh, uh, sandy soils. Good, good drainage
3: on it and the weather you talk about there the contrast that you get as well sunny days cool nights yes uh, that's so important as well what to extending the season is
6: it yes what it does because you get the heat during the day and at night it cools off so you you, the, the ripening season you can extend that because Marlborough is one of the sunniest areas uh in New Zealand, between the two islands, so yes, it extends that uh, ripening period and you get that balance between the fruit and acidity because mm. you get that longer growing period, so yes. all the goodness stays in it, yes, very much so, now very very um
3: much so. the intensity then and development of the wine is all helped by that. This Marlborough region, come back to that again, yes. w- how big is it in the context of New Zealand's wine production? Well, this is a thing, you know, there's uh, something like 24,000
6: plus, uh, 1,000 hectares uh, in it, um, and 19,000 odd of that would be two Sauvignon Blanc. So that gives you the idea there. 77% of New Zealand's wine come from this Marlborough region,
3: yeah. So there you go. Yeah, that says it all. Doesn't oh, that it, that, that
6: says it all. It so says. generally, so, when you um, look
3: at Marlborough on a label of that, or you see it. You can say, "Good, good area. Very good area. Very safe area to buy from." Okay, if I can uh, use that. Expression. Yes, and, and that yes. Uh, that is a uh, very important <laughs> to people who are going in looking at the labels and bottles of wine. Indeed, remind us about Sauvignon Blanc again and the characteristics of the grape. What yeah, are you talking it's, about?
6: It's 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 a very it's it's a green skinned, light skinned. It's not thick. Uh, it's, it it grows in various areas all over the world now. It doesn't like the hot weather and uh, the versatility of it is unbelievable because you can go from the very green grassy right through to Sautene, which is the very sweet, where we get the what we call the botrytis yes. or the noble rot on it. So, uh, you know, it, it, depending where you grow it, Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere, and very uh, particular to soils as well. Mm. So you get a whole range uh, of flavors coming through on that.
3: And of course, it's either uh, fermented in oak or steel. The the wine yes. we're talking about today, steel, steel, steel. Okay, this is yes, yes, absolutely, very important. I'm glad
6: you mentioned it, uh, Jerry, because when you put any wine on wood, it'll be a very different uh, final outcome. To fermentation in a steel tank or concrete, which these days are very little in use, Mm. you know, but yeah very uh, steel fermentation tends to to hold that acidity and fruitiness, whereas oak tends to soften it. Okay. You know. Interesting, interesting. And what about the winery, Lawson's? Lawson's, yeah, that uh, goes way back to uh, 1982. Husband and wife team there, Ross and Barbara, they started. And in 1992, they got the uh, label Lawson's Dry Hill. Um, very famous around that area, won several awards, and they have Sauvignon Blanc. Their Cabutstramina is very, very well respected around the world. Riesling, Chardonnay, Pinot Gris. So yeah, and they started with a very small parcel, and that's where they are. today. And today they have grown and they're exporting yes. all over the
3: world, aren't they? Now yeah, at this they stage. went
6: from 15 tons when they first started. Today they're doing over 700 tons, 20 countries.
3: Great, great story. Now, this wine. Tell me, yes. Appellative. Oh, definitely, Jeffrey. Half you better put a, a drop. You better put a drop into one of those little plastic yes. tumblers there yeah. till I remind myself. Yes. And if you were pair, if you were pairing this, besides, you, you're saying you can drink this by itself. Yes. But what are you talking about food wise? Oh, uh, seafood, Jeffrey. Self, this uh, is made selfish. for Selfish. This is made for it. Now,
6: we're going to, uh, just before we get to that, Jerry, we're going to cheat a little bit here. You didn't know this was happening. This is the 2018. That I'm going to taste for. First. first. Okay. Then the 2017, which is in the notes.
3: So okay. I'm sure you don't mind an no, extra no. bottle no, being well, brought well, into this the studio. This is brilliant because... Yes. It will demonstrate to me yes. the difference a year can make. Yes. So nice. obviously How you're setting different. me up yeah. to <laughs> to be your guinea pig here and tell <laughs> you here I'll have a little. I better put. So this is this is the eighteen. This it? is the
6: twenty eighteen. And often oh, it's when beautiful on the nose. Yes. Oh my god. But often what we do, Jerry, is we bring it in and say, well, give it a year or give it two years. Now we're reversing it. Say, well, there's your 2018. See what you think. And then I have the 2017. Absolutely, everything is exactly the same, just a year's difference.
3: Right. I've tasted that. I've taken a little yes. sip of that there. And I have to tell you. I love yeah. the eighteen. So this is the yes. young wine. This is the the latest yes. uh, the harvest. Uh, yes. This is going back a year. So this so is this going is 17. back a year. Okay. And and just talking about a
6: year, uh, Jerry. You know what we tend to do is we talk about a year as in the same month we are now, which is February. But what we got to remember is that there's uh, when the wines are harvested you know, in the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere. And then it is processed and that. So this wine was harvested in February, March. In fact, I know this was harvested in March, but it was September before it hit the bottle, you know.
3: You know why I'm smiling here? Because on the nose straight away, yes. that is, you would think they weren't Definitely. related, those Absolutely. wines. Absolutely. Am I right there? 100 am am then, Honest to God, I can get yeah. already the bouquet of Here we go. Let's yeah. see what's... <laughs>
6: different 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 more depth more fruit yeah. mm. uh, now that was believe me i had it with shellfish uh, and shrimp light curry butter fried it was just unbelievable
3: God, that really is an eye opener isn't it? isn't it so therefore yeah. you have to uh, the message today is if somebody says to you oh woolly sheep three woolly sheep fantastic it is important if you if you if you love the 18 that you get the 18 and not the 17 Correct. and vice versa and
6: vice versa very very important uh,
3: something we've emphasized
6: <laughs> over the course <laughs> yes watch the
3: year uh, that is a lesson that is a lesson let's head to a short break red next with Rick. I'm really enjoying this. And we're only at the start of a brand new series. Stay with us on Late Lunch. It's time for Rick's Red for the month of February. Well, Rick, you're up to France or back to France with yeah, this one? We are, yeah. Burgundy uh, area. And
6: it's uh, Louis Jadot and Bougela uh, of Village. Of
3: what the, year are we talking about?
6: This is the 2016. Okay. And um, coming into uh, the, year three, like this third yes. year in the bottle. Yes. Well, you see, this is back to where we are, Jerry, because they'll be harvesting around September. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually two and a half and years. And a half, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're heading for now. Uh, again, you know, France, uh, they like to label them according to the appellation or the area it comes from. So uh, you have to read the label to understand uh, the grape variety, and. Uh, how they do it with this particular one is 2016. The grape is the Gamay grape in it. And because of the Bujala, that's the area and the village, as we call it, is uh, according to the label because that's the classification for it. Okay, because yeah. you
3: just run through those uh, four levels of classifications yeah. of burgundies. Yeah. At the very top is. At the very
6: top, you've got your uh, Grand Cru. That is the Grand that, that, Cru. That, that, that's, yeah. Uh, only about 2% of the wines will <laughs> oh throw, fall God. in because Tiny. it's very tight there. Anything from the way you grow it, the volume, the way you harvest it, very, very tight specks on it. Okay. Only 2% will fall in. Then you get the Premier Cru. Um, that's about 12%, a slightly bit more relaxation there. Then, as we say, village or village, as we call it, because that, th- they specify and there's 42 of them there. Okay. So this one is Bougela, so that's an actual name Of an area. In the region there. In the region of Burgundy. Okay. Right.
3: And this is Village. I've seen this loads of times on the label. This is Category 3. And then, last but not least, are the
6: regional wines. Regional wines. Now, what that means is that you can get grapes from different villages. I'm going to put it that way just Mm. to explain that. Whereas the one we spoke about previously, Village, is from one specific Okay, so you can only take your grapes from Drocadé if you want to put a Drochida village. I see. Whereas if you put Laos,
3: well, then you're regional now. I see. That's a good way of of, of, yes. of, of getting our heads around that one yes. there. Again, this region, like it's legendary. The <laughs> soil, the climate, everything is just made for the the red uh, wine. Yes, and and I, I think uh,
6: just to help listeners, say if if you see the label uh, Burgundy red Pinot Noir, you know. Or if you see burgundy, white Chardonnay. Yeah. That's the classification for it. So Pinot Noir is... Is Burgundy Red. Burgundy Red. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Simple that okay. That's how it comes through. And not to be confused now with a Bordeaux Red. Now that's mm. something different. animal different. altogether. Ah, different. That's a, that's a blend now of your Cabernet, someone you own with Cabernet, Franc.
3: Okay. Yeah. So and that's uh, an important distinction to make as well when it you're talking about the It is, because as I say,
6: they, they, they tend to label things very differently there. Yeah. You know? But a lot more information on
3: the back than, say,
6: 20 years ago, Jerry. Okay. Yeah. Now,
3: mm. the one. Uh, you pronounce it beautifully. I'll leave it with you again. <laughs> Louis Jadot. Louis yeah. Jadot. Okay. Yeah.
6: yeah. Um, yeah. Famous. Yeah, producer? he goes back to 1859. In fact, 1826, he bought his first parcel. But yeah, very, very famous. He's got 270 uh, 70 hectares. Very interesting. He only does AOC wines. In other words, it's controlled from an appellation. And he only does what we call single. Uh, cultivars, so only one variety. He doesn't blend, right? You know,
3: so gamay, gamay, yep, is what that's we're talking a, about. That's here. gamay, yeah. Okay, is is is, um, is, is yeah. Beaujolais wines. Uh, yes, tell me a little bit about those because they come into the picture here as well, don't they? Yes, they do.
6: And 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 how they make there is 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 uh, what they do is they put them in the the, the tanks. And the sheer weight, I mean, you're talking anything from 4,000 to 30,000 litres. So when the process starts, they put the grapes in the tanks, and the sheer weight, I mean, when you get to 30,000, crushes the bottom. But then you get the the natural fermentation starting off. They close the tank off completely, so there's no oxygen uh, in it. Um, And then you you get the uh, fermentation starting from the bottom. And it literally... Uh, seeps up to the top. Right. So you can just imagine it seeping up very gently all the way to the top. Um, and then the carbon dioxide, which is a byproduct, will actually start fermenting at the top for you. Okay. Very I, – I, it sounds complicated, but it's actually very it's simple. interesting. It's a bit like if you did it at home, Jerry, and you put a cork in it and left it there, it, it, fermentation will work from the bottom up to the top and – if you're not careful, it'll probably blow the top. I was going to say, the car <laughs> yeah. could be blown out of it. Anyway, yeah. this is a lovely grape. It's light-bodied, fruity. Very light-bodied, very fruity. Um, acidity, uh, it's low in tannins. Acidity sometimes can be a bit of a problem okay. uh, for it. But uh, the Gamay grape is, is a light wine. Yes. So you've won... It, now, two years here again. What are you giving yeah. me first? This, this is the 2016. Okay. Right. And what, what are you going that to give right me right next? Right. And then... I'll give you the same grape, but from a slightly, well, it's a year younger. Yes. But uh, literally from the farm next door. That's but 2017, the then. 2015.
3: 2015, F- sorry. A year old so man, this yeah. is 16, and we're going back to 2016. 2016 Boujolas The Light. It's lovely. It's yeah. lovely. It's a lovely very, light. It very, very light. 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 You could drink that very by light. itself. But yes. Pairing yes. with food, what would you pair it with?
6: Oh. Toulouse sausages Jerry Perfect. I got some from Peter Whelan And I tell you you cannot <laughs> beat it You cannot beat it I also have very good friends Who, who supplied me with some Chinese style dumplings Never tried that. With a touch of sweet chili sauce. My goodness. it, 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 it I was, think I'm
3: abandoning my post here <laughs> in the studio for. Oh, well, we have an awful
6: job here, Jerry, <laughs> to do this. Okay, but. so
3: that's the 2016. Yes. You're gonna Give me the 15
6: now. Just yeah, to this tell. is a 2015. Now, this is a Fleury. Mm. Um, same grape, same grape. A Different planet. Oh, <laughs> uh, different. Very different. It is, different, isn't it? Different. Yeah, mm. different soils, and that's mm. the, the the characteristic of Burgundy. More intense.
3: Yeah, not as light as as, no. as the, no. the previous one at all. No. Definitely no. not. But beautiful no. again, and again, beautiful again. Would go yeah. with the the Toulouse. Yes, the it would and do, and and
6: I would say probably cold meat. Uh, it would go or very chicken, well. With it would go well. very well. No,
3: we didn't mention. <clears> we, we forgot to mention. That going back to our Sauvignon Blanc from Marlborough, yes. the three woolly sheep. Where yeah. can that be bought? Yes, well, you're going to have to come
6: my direction there <laughs> for that. <laughs> From uh, McGill's in Jonesboro. Okay. Very famous, anybody who know, knows that area. Yeah. And uh, they, I know for a fact they still have stock They there. have it. They have it. So yes.
3: Three woolly sheep, three woolly Yells sheep. in Jonesboro is yeah. where you go to get that. And, and more readily available are the Reds. The Reds,
6: yes. yes, in Tesco you find that for Tesco. And it's £11, about €13 Euro across the border at Jonesboro. Yeah. And the same for the old Louis Jadot in Tesco. Okay. 13. And the
3: woolly sheep will set you back how much do you know? uh, £11, which is about roughly €12 something. Yeah. Uh, okay. Euro. Yeah. okay. Lovely bottles and well worth it. Good investment in anything we've spoken about here yeah, today. Yeah, it is, Jerry, and a good contrast just to show people
6: you know, the question is what's a year in wine?
3: Big, big, big difference. 12 months makes for sure. Anyway, it will be 12 months till he's back. Rick will be back with us in the month of March. Thanks so much for taking us to beautiful wines and variations of them today. And we'll post all the details as as well up on our website so you can check it out there. Until March, Rick Cronjay, thank you so much. Thanks, Jerry.
2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all new Renault 1.3 petrol Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk.
3: When she was crowned Miss Curves Ireland 2017-2018, she joined me on late lunch and she's back today for a very special reason. I'm delighted to say hello again to Rianne Thompson. Ryan great to see you.
7: Hello and thank you for having me back.
3: Well, you are back because you made history in London last week. Tell them.
7: Oh I'm incredibly excited to say that um I'm one of the first mo- plus size models to do London Fashion Week which was just such a huge honor because it's about time that us plus size sort of girls and guys get to do London Fashion Week. Now there is a plus size fashion week which is a a different category again but they don't usually have sort of diverse sort of bigger models on the general plus side, on general sort of London Fashion Week and did it last week and it was an amazing experience.
3: So what did you do? What did the week involved over, over there for um, you?
7: Well, went over on the Friday. It was a weekend. They call it London Fashion Week, but it's actually a weekend. Um, and I did um, House of Icons, which is an amazing fashion sort of experience and did Nana Lola Couture, sort of. So the outfit was made for me, which was amazing. Uh, and... They contacted me and did my wonderful design. Had this beautiful, long, multicoloured sort of beautiful sort of boho type dress. Um, And did admittedly say to them before we went on, they did say, do you mind showing some skin? So I had a very low cut, very slitty sort of dress. And when I went over there, you have the fitting on the Friday and you turn up and there is just a mass, mass of models Every, everywhere and you turn up and there are thousands of models in one room all changing and trying on different dresses and obviously being a plus size there was a limited amount of dresses with with me unlike sort of other models where they were going to other designers going do you need models, do you need anywhere else unless somewhere made for me there was there was very limited
3: So in a way it's a breakthrough <coughs> it for is. the atypical size because generally you know you have to be pretty thin to model you know that yourself so but it can really move on further. This is the beginning, really, of a change.
7: Oh, definitely. And I have to admit, the amount of people who came up and thought I was an assistant was <sighs> insane. Uh, and not just me. There was actually four mm. models from Ireland. There were four different girls. Two of us were from Celtic Curves, um, the group that I'm with, which is, so I was had a friend with me, so that was a nice little bit of moral support. Um, me and Nicole were over there. And two models I've worked with, previously, called Teresa and uh, Shanae, which was brilliant because, you know, it was nice to have a bit of support of girls that I worked with previously. Um, So we all sort of stuck together and there were some lovely other plus-size girls from America and the UK. Um, There was about six of us all together. Um, And we did get a few girls who, a few weird looks, but not too bad after people realised that we were not assistants. Uh, Did take a a few minutes to to realise that. But you know, everyone was trying clothes close on and we did make a few contacts for next year. Great. Which is lovely. So you're going back? There is talk of us going back.
3: Well, do you know that while you were over there, I don't know whether you were aware of this, but there was a protest organised uh, to try and open up more opportunities for more plus size models as well. Did you know that was happening?
7: I heard a bit about it. Obviously my my time there was a little bit yeah. it, I I got sheltered because it was in a whirlwind. You're
3: part of, of it as well yeah. this year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, do you welcome that? Do you welcome the highlighting of this again?
7: Oh, definitely. I think it's about time that there is more diverse models out there. You know, the the it, it's different time now. Their fashion is changing and I'm not saying that you know, that everyone needs to be big and I'm not promoting being a beast because I know this has been a huge thing before and people are saying oh, you know, you're promoting an an unhealthy lifestyle. I myself actually went for Operation Transformation last year, which I know we were talking about earlier (laughs) Um, and I I myself, I'm I'm very I exercise, I try to stay healthy. I know I don't look it necessarily but I do try to stay healthy Um, and it's about being healthy, but still embracing what you have. Yes. And what's the point of going into a shop and feeling negative about yourself? What's mm. the point of watching these beautiful people on the catwalk and feeling negative? Mm. You know, everyone has a right to feel gorgeous. Everyone has a right to look at these beautiful people on the catwalks or look at anyone on these catwalks and be able to feel nice about themselves.
3: Absolutely. And I hope you're having a look on Instagram Live today, where we are at this very moment. Join us on Instagram Live, and you can see this beautiful woman, Rhianne Thompson, with me here in studio on <laughs> late lunch this afternoon. Come back to, you know, day-to-day life and shopping for clothes. And is, is it easier... Or is it as difficult? You know, you had to be fitted out for London Fashion yeah. Week. Is shopping getting your size
7: it's a problem? It's very, very difficult. And i got to say, now, the one shop we had in this area has now gone. Um, so I find it very difficult. And in fact, I am a brand ambassador for a few different places, but they're all in the UK. Um, I find Ireland very, very difficult when it comes to plus size. Um, there is a very limited amount of shops that you can... You can shop from and don't get me wrong, there are some beautiful shops like Lily Rose and Lulabelle that do provide some beautiful clothes that I have I have dressed for in the past. But you do tend to find with um, with catwalks, I do the same 10 shops repeatedly that are amazing and tempted. And that I've done some amazing outfits that I do not want to criticize at all, but you do tend to find you do the same ones where I am brand ambassador of place, people like um, Viva Voluptuous and I did OBD where there is more of a range in the UK, which is why I tend to do things like Manchester Fashion Week and London Fashion Week because there is more of a range. And I, it's a shame. I shouldn't have to... Be, have to keep on travelling so, across So this is what there. you do.
3: You actually travel to
7: shop. Yeah.
3: Because there isn't an option here in Ireland. There
7: isn't. And now in, in Drogheda alone there is no plus size shop anymore because mm. the one in Scotch Hall that we did have has now moved.
3: What about buying online? You know, even if you're, no matter what size you are, you obviously, when you go for a size online and you get it
7: sometimes
3: it just don't fit
7: no and especially for the likes like I'm quite an atypical even plus size um, I can go in between four different sizes I literally go between four different depending on the material so you need and to fit cut, on I need to fit on like I've done it I've done it at a push but I literally have to order three different sizes and send back two, and it gets expensive then hmm. you know to try to work out Going, okay, which one does it fit my my chest, does it fit my hips? Like let's order a few and work out which one it is. Um and then you have to play a bit of a guessing game. Where I prefer to go into a shop and, and try on and mm. you you can have a guess, but um like there are some wonderful shops online and you do have to rely on them sometimes like yours, but and simply be but it it is I prefer to shop. I, I hear what shop. you're
3: saying. You're a mighty confident woman. I got that the first time I ever m- met you. But <laughs> oh, does it take think. working at to well, be confident when yeah. your body shape stands out from the crowd?
7: Oh, definitely. Like, I, I think someone said to me before I had a lot of body confidence. And I actually argued back that I don't have body confidence. I have body acceptance. It's a it's a difference. And half the time I hate, hate how I look. It's just I work with what I got. I don't let my body stopped me. It's a big difference between liking what you have and accepting what you have. And sometimes, like, you look at it and you're like, oh, God, I know, I wish that these were bigger and I wish that this was smaller and there's a lot of padding and a lot of sucking in going on down here that you can't see. Um, But... You you learn to, to work. I've always been big. I was two months premature and, and fat. Like, it was never an option for me. Um, and I once went to a dietitian. and they told me I could look at lettuce and gain weight. So it's, unfortunately, just the way I am. Yes. And don't get me wrong, I work at it, mm. um, and I still wish I was five stone smaller than this, and I will, maybe when I'm 90, get there, but... <laughs> But now I don't let what I have stop me, and mm. I will keep on thriving. This, and also, it's not just for me. I don't want people. I I know what it's like being in a place where you you do get stopped, you do get in your own head. So I do things like doing like the lingerie, and I do do the swimwear and things like that. Not for me. the The biggest pride I had doing the pageants. I know I, I've done a few in the past. Was when I did uh, Miss Curves, was getting the other plus size girls to do swimwear because swimwear was an option. And I did it not because I wanted to, because I wanted to prove I could. Because I get I'm a little bit like that. If someone says that I shouldn't be doing something, I'm like, no, no, I can do this, you know. And I did swimwear because you wouldn't expect someone who looks like me to do swimwear. And then I made all the other plus size girls do swimwear because why can't they? And I had the biggest kick getting the other plus size girls yes. to do the swimwear. And then I got really cocky for the end of the day, going like, yeah, made them all do it. And I think that was part of it. It was actually trying to inspire others. And that's what I get the most out of, is getting other people's confidence up, which is why I do this. It's why I do all the body positivity stuff. And that's why I, it's why I, I work at this, hmm. is trying to get other people to realise that there, there, there is beauty in the unexpected
3: you are a trailblazer and uh, really that's a great story what, what you did there with those other girls but t- let me say to you today you're beautiful and as well as that I said it before hasn't she the most beautiful Welsh voice I could just sit here all day and listen to you
7: I'm pretty certain my husband would say the absolute would opposite he? <laughs> <laughs> he's got the most amazing ability to zone out
3: <laughs> <laughs> ah no never never say that Rianne the other thing is you look amazing you were saying to me and I want to tell you this lovely lady works in a special needs school in County Meath as well and uh, you say you don't look like this all the
7: time (laughs) I gave up trying to look good in school Um, I'm generally covered in (laughs) yoghurt and some sort of bodily fluids Because um, I, I deal with the babies yes. and my, the youngest ones. And I love I love my job, mm. besides being um, usually covered in things. But I, I absolutely love my job. But it's a very physical job and it's a very demanding job. But you're usually cuddling on to these beautiful little kids who are generally very snotty and covered in food. And I'm feeding and they throw it and... Also, not just that, I'm really bad at feeding, so I'm, I'm usually being covered in food mm. at some point.
3: <laughs> but you see, it's another aspect of life that is life. Oh, and is. as you say yourself, we're all different shapes and sizes. Definitely. And it's about having a confidence in yourself. Oh, yeah. And who you are and what you are and what you do. So where to from here? What, what does the year ahead hold from this point on?
7: I'm actually, I've overextended myself a little bit this year. Um, I'm doing three pageants. Um, which is a little bit mad. I'm doing one charity, uh, one called In um, Light, which is a beautiful one. I'm also doing Miss Mrs. Galaxy, which is a huge pageant. <clears throat> it is a massive one.
3: Where is that on?
7: That one is in Belfast in May. Okay. Um, but it is a, it's not a typical plus size. And this is probably a big thing for me because there is no plus size category for me to lean on. So it's a bit of a scary one for me. Now, I know the people organising it, and they keep on saying to me that, yes, a plus-size lady did win a few years ago, but when they say plus-size, she was probably a size 12. It was not, like, my sort of plus-size uh, what size are you? Oh, me. Uh, anywhere between an 18 to 22. So it's literally mm. depending on what I'm wearing. Okay. Um, but
3: You're going for that?
7: I'm going. I have, yeah, I'm going for it. Right. Uh, I have actually lost some weight recently because I've been a bit poorly. So it's, I've... My meds have dropped me some weight. So it has been quite good. But um, I'm going for it. It's, it's, you know, the type of girls that win this, though, are usually the, like, seven foot, Mm. size zero, wonderfully long blonde hair. Like, the girl who won it last year is... Beautiful, but I'm going for it just to prove a point. Um, but it'll be amazing yeah. just for the experience. So I'm going for that one, and I'm going for an international one for um, Miss International Curves. So that'll be a different one for me again, doing an international competition. So they're both completely different. Yeah. Uh, And the charity one. So I've got three. Okay, great.
3: So they're all on the horizon coming up soon this year. And
7: I've got obviously my Celtic curves thing, but that's been slightly pushed back because we have one new baby and we have one very, very pregnant Celtic curves right now. So that's still going, but the reason it's a bit quieter is it's all mammy zone right now with them.
3: (laughs) it's interesting times it isn't is. it for you and exciting times as Very well exciting times look great to catch up with you and we'll keep in touch and good luck during the end. we better say goodbye to everybody on Bye. the Instagram live on Late Lunch this afternoon thank you so much for joining us we really do appreciate it you know what you're great you inspire me and I'm sure you inspire so many other people as well good luck for the rest of the year Rianne. and thank you for joining us on Late Lunch again today
7: Thank you very much for having me.
3: Not at all. Anyway, that's Bye. a lot on the show. Yes, she's waving to Instagram. <laughs> they show her everywhere on this show. You wouldn't know where we'd show up. Anyway, we will show up for sure tomorrow again at half one with another late lunch. And it is Friday's Women With Opinions for February. See you then.
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk.